Hi, and welcome to another episode of Startup Stories, the podcast that brings you your weekly entrepreneurship education and startup training by Europe's most inspiring founders. Before we start, I'd like to mention that Start Summit, the biggest European startup event organized by students, is taking place in St. Gallen, Switzerland on March 21st and 22nd. I've been to Start Summit myself several times as a founder and can say that it's an awesome event. And they've got some impressive speakers from Uber, LinkedIn, N26 and others lined up this year. So I'll definitely be there. And if you're interested to join, you can use the link in the podcast description and use the promo code STARTUPSTORIES at SUMMIT to get 20% off. That's STARTUPSTORIES at SUMMIT to get 20% off. This episode brings us together with Maybrit Busco Bridges from Alver, a startup that has developed and brought to market one of the healthiest, tastiest, and most sustainable sources of protein and nutrients on the planet that in the future might very well replace most of the meat we consume today. Their innovation is a microalgae called golden chlorella that compared to the traditional algae products you know is not a pill with a bright green color and a strong smell. It's golden and subtle in taste, while still bursting with life essential nutrients. The startup aims to create food products that fit easily into your everyday life, boosted with golden chlorella, and they have already launched pasta, soups, sauces, and many more delicious foods on their website. Maybrit came from a corporate background working for big companies in different fields and is the startup COO of Alvea. In our conversation, Maybrit shared how it all started out how the jump from working at a big company to working in a startup worked out for her, and much more. I'm super excited to share this episode with you today. Enjoy! All right, Margaret, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, having me. I'm really excited about, uh, about hearing the startup story that you're going to tell tell me about. I've already purchased uh, a, par- a product. I think it was oh, yesterday. Excellent. Yes, the, the powder. Yes. Because um, I want to try that. Um, so I'm very excited about uh, to, to hear you talk. Um, maybe as a quick intro, could you tell me, you know, who you are and what does the startup you're working with do? Yes. So uh, I am Maybrit Busco Bridges. And I am the co-founder of uh, Alver Golden Chlorella. Um, the, the brand Alver, the name of it actually comes from the old Scandinavian word for elves. Mm. And um, uh, the elves are very, very concerned with the way that we're treating not just our health, our bodies, but also our environment. So the little Scandinavian elves, they've trotted all the way down to Switzerland to tell us uh, that we need to do something serious about this the state that we're turning ourselves and the world into. So I teamed up with uh, Mine Uran, who is a uh, expert in uh, sustainable proteins, more more on the side of non-animal uh, proteins. Um, and she was previously the head of uh, protein R&D at Nestle. Uh-huh. And uh, we met several years ago at a, at a women's executive conference in Rome. 
And uh, even though we were in very different sectors, because I come from the financial world, I was uh, searching for sustainable funds at the time. And I had one client who very specifically asked me for an for a non-animal fund. So um, uh, she was vegan and she wanted um, an alternative meat fund, basically. So I set out on this journey and um, I then remembered having met Mine and um, I contacted her at that time asking if she could direct me in any direction um, to find some funds, uh, sustainable funds. And at that point, she had just come back from uh, speaking at the White House where she had been invited um, to speak at the uh, summit on um, on proteins and basically on food security. Um, and so she had come back and she was all full of ideas, having met all these extraordinary people and said, I have found now an incredible protein um, that is not animal based and it's the most sustainable protein we can produce. And it's looking towards the oceans, so looking towards uh, algae, which is also our first source of nutrition when we were just plankton or whatever we want to call ourselves we were back then mm. um and um and going back to the the source of food uh, discovering how rich in protein it is how rich in macro and micronutrients it has a full amino acid profile so it can completely replace meat so that's kind wow. of where the whole thing started off was how what do we do with this this great idea so really the the problem that we're trying to solve is um is that at the moment the current protein sources that are out there are just not satisfactory enough we know that with a growing population there won't be enough meat to go around there we can't we can't use animal products the way that we have been uh, not just because of animal welfare, but also simply there's not enough space uh, on the planet uh, to feed the animals and ourselves. So algae have been known to be an exceptional source of, of nutrition, but they've always been stuck in the, in the supplement world. And what we want to do is, is bring it out of that supplement um, area industry uh -huh. and bring it actually into the food industry as an ingredient but entering the food industry it has to taste good it has to yeah. look good and it has to taste good so this is part of the journey that we are taking so what we've done is we have developed a chlorella so it's a microalgae which is uh, neutral in color and in taste so it's yellow, so that's why we call it golden chlorella. So chlorella mm. is is this strain of algae. Um, and so really we're in the innovative food tech uh, yep. side side of business. And that is that is our golden chlorella brand, is that food tech innovation. Neutral right. color, neutral taste, which means it can be an ingredient and it means we can make a range of finished foods that are 
high protein that are vegan, that are exceptionally nutritious. And this is then our Alver brand of finished made foods. All right. Yeah, you, I've seen on the website you, you, you sell, was it a soup or? Yeah, so we have. There's other products. Yeah, yeah we've developed high-protein soups, uh, high-protein sauces, and high-protein pasta. Nice. We will shortly have also a high-protein bar, so cereal bar, and, um, and granola, so a type of muesli, because uh, we often don't get enough protein in the mornings, so it's a good, mm. a good way of incorporating a, a brain boost in the morning. Yeah, I, I really like I really like the the grand vision and 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 I mean it's based on so many facts and in global warming is people are becoming more and more aware about it. Yes. Um, and it's it's it is so important tackling that issue and I think tackling it like that I was I was really excited uh, to talk to you about it. Um, now there's a this grand vision and yes we need to change something, um, but in the end it's about the consumer paying or not paying for something. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm always curious to see how startups with this, you know, a grand vision to solve a, a real big problem manage to test if there are people with a need to, for that and whether people will actually pay for, for the solution you have, which is, which is very good. But the question is, do people see it as important and do they see it as good? How did you, how did you do that in the very beginning, yeah, testing if people had the need? for that it's 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 a great question and it's it's an ongoing questioning <laughs> which we have yeah. ourselves as well um and very interestingly we we started targeting the millennials they're definitely the movers of sustainable foods mm -hmm. they're definitely the the movers towards more ecological living etc etc but they they spread the word but with a product like this which is quite specific um and and more expensive obviously um than than for example going to buy pea protein or um you know some other yeah. plant plant protein yeah we, we've realized that we've ended up, our, our clients are slightly older than the clientele we thought mm. would be going for it. And, I, and it, it's basically because it's so rich in magnesium, in potassium, in zinc, in vitamin B, in calcium, which as with age, you realize your body is lacking through, <laughs> through everyday foods. Definitely. So... There, there seems to be um, uh, a consciousness that, you know, f food, you, you need, need an easy solution. And the millennials are keen, but there is the older generation, which I mean older and older, I mean, I would say between the ages of 40 and 60, who have suddenly started reacting to this as well. But they're probably influenced by their children, who are the millennials. Yeah. So it's it's kind of come in a funny, funny direction like that. Yeah. But in terms of, you mentioned also in your question, in terms of marketing it, 
Um, it's funny because everybody's talking sustainability. Everybody's very concerned about sustainability. And it's the driver when it comes to the communication side. But when people actually buy something, <laughs> it's, it's more about what's it going to do for me. Yes. <laughs> Nobody buys. I, I, that's my, what I think. I, I don't think people just buy because something's sustainable. No. So, so it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, yeah, and it's something we're constantly working on is how do you, you know, communicate the fact that it is hugely sustainable. It's the most sustainable protein source that's available today. It will yeah. reduce your, um, you know, it, 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 it requires 40 times less water arable land and emits 40 times less co2 than meat and everybody goes wow that's amazing but in the end what's selling the product is the fact that it is a full amino acid profile that it's got the magnesium it's got the potassium and chlorella is specifically known to be a cleanser so it, mm -hmm. it's a detoxifier it's uh, it's mostly known and has been sitting in, in the pharma world more because it's so known to eliminate heavy metals and pesticides from the body because it's an excellent absorber. Yeah, yeah. So that's the reason why people are buying. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, you can sell a, a broad vision, but in the end, people are going to take out the money for for. A solution that yeah. you know solves one of their personal problems. Yes, exactly. Can you... Even even dentists now are suggesting their patients who have metal fillings to take chlorella to eliminate <laughs> the heavy metals from it and all that. So yeah. you know it's taking all sorts of twists and twists and turns, but um, yeah. but it's all it's all it's all for the good. So yeah, yeah. How how did you acquire your your first customers? I can imagine being an online shop. There's so many things online to buy and and you go under um or, or you yeah you tend to go under in the internet um what how did you get your first customers yeah um so our first our the first area we, we targeted actually or we spoke to were the pharmacies even though we're trying to move out of the sub the the supplement world and move into the ingredient world we went to the pharmacies because the pharmacy the pharmacists are familiar already with chlorella uh -huh. so they actually they know what it is they have it on their shelves yes it's it's green chlorella and it's you know it's got this strong algae taste and it usually comes in capsules so for us it was very easy to go to the pharmacies and say look this is an innovation it's a new chlorella which is neutral in color, it's neutral in taste, you can mix it with whatever foods you want, you can mix it into your soups, you can mix it into your smoothie, into your bakery, you can just add it to your everyday foods and it won't disrupt the other elements. Plus, because we want it to be an ingredient and we want it to be an everyday usage, we're also much cheaper than the chlorella you find at the pharmacy in small tablets. Mm. So it was really a no-brainer for the pharmacies to come on board. So we're we're at the moment present in five percent of of Swiss pharmacies. 
Um, nice. And, and yes, we have an online shop, but that is not where we plan to have a business. That's really just been for the online search and for people yeah. who are not close by. But what we do is on our website, we actually have a whole list of all of our uh, shops and pharmacies where you can go and buy our products. Yeah. So we would much rather people go and, and, and buy it in the shops because we found that the online works great. People love to do research online, but especially in Switzerland, it probably will be different in, in the rest of Europe. But in Switzerland, people love to research online, but then buy in shop. Yeah. So pharmacies were our first point of entry. Um, and then now we're in the food retailers as well. So we're at Manor in, um, in Geneva. Mm -hmm. We'll slowly be moving out into other Manors. Um, and uh, we will have a co-op uh, entry into their new concept, because co-op has this new concept coming up. Mm -hmm. um, and that will be, yeah, it'll be in the next couple of months, we'll be entering into co-op. Yeah. In, That's in, their, great. in their well well being, wellness, bien être. Yeah. Type, um, section. Environment, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Well, I, w I have a couple of questions uh, regarding um, your personal experience. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned earlier that you were you were in the in the finance world before. Yes. Uh, in a, working for a corporate, and I I always find it curious to talk about. Um, people who jump from corporate to startup mm -hmm. because it's not an easy jump. Mm -hmm. um, so I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about you know the steps you took to to go from un employee to entrepreneur, and you know how did you tackle you know one one challenge is the financial challenge that you don't have the fixed salary anymore. Maybe I don't know how far you were then, but how did you tackle that transition? How was it for you? Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I've worked for some very big companies and I've worked for some very small companies. So um, I kind of funneled down over time. I started at Morgan Stanley on the trading floor in London. I moved then into strategy consulting. Um, I then moved into family office. And then I moved into into a larger group as well as setting up an office in, in, in Geneva for, for um, a wealth management group. Um, but I think the trigger was, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> um, I was also, you know, I have this, I had this big four O coming up as well, you know, and I thought, oh my goodness me, uh, am I going to spend the next 20 years or 25 years doing the same job? You know what? It, it just... That's not where I wanted to continue. So yes. um, personally, I've been a bit like that. Every 10 years, I completely change direction. Um, so I, I'm also a trained opera singer. So I started off wow. as an opera singer, went into investment banking, uh, went into um, you know uh, wealth management, and then... Um, and then completely changing direction again into the food industry, which I had 
no clue about. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but but you know when you team up with somebody who who is an expert in something, mm. it's 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 obviously humbling because you are not the expert, but the expert needs somebody who is not an expert to drive it as well. Yeah. Because I, th I think a big problem for a lot of startups is when everybody's in this, from the same domain. So everybody is a tech person, for example. Um, and then you kind of step on each other's toes. While as yeah. Mine and I do not step on each other's toes because I'm not going to deal with the technical side of it. Yeah. And obviously, she's not going to deal with the operational side. I mean, she does because she's she's the CEO and she's managed huge teams as well in, in, her, in her jobs. But it means that I can be a support without being interfering. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and how is that? How, how is that? How is that transition from you to, to being in big, big corporates to having that role as a COO? Well, I mean, I think the biggest change for both of us coming from corporate world was there is no department to call up when you have an IT problem. There's no department to call when, you know, a legal thing needs sorting. It's, it's ourselves, you know, so we have several hats yeah. and it's like, okay, so which department are you going to be this week? You know, okay, I'll take HR, you take... Um, sales and and so between the two of us we've had to share the hat you know for all the different you know being every department ourselves which i think was a bit tough for us in the beginning but uh, fortunately we have a an excellent network both mm. of us and we've managed to you know tap into that and get uh, get some external help when needed yeah I mean, it's it's you both come in with a lot of experience, a lot more than than many startup founders who start at you know at the age of twenty. Or, yes. So that is a huge advantage and and very nice. And I think that's that's very helpful when when looking for investors, uh, when speaking to clients at a higher level. No. Um, then then I think that it does. It does play a role. Definitely, uh, I mean, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I would, I would trust uh, an experienced uh, person way more than than a twenty year old. That's that's for sure. I have one last uh, question for you. Um, yes. Is one that we ask all our guests, and I was wondering if you had um, a book or a blog post or a video that you had seen recently that you would recommend to other entrepreneurs. Any piece of content that you think or that you remember as being specifically helpful? Oh, you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, f for me, th this last, these last couple of years have been immersion into what's going on in the socio-economic well-being ethical sustainability side of it and yeah 
there are just some some scary facts out there, and one of them which has stuck with me is um, a huge report that came out just um, yeah about a year ago, and very clearly says that we must reduce our meat consumption by 50% by 2050. Otherwise, more than, what is it, 70% of our CO2 will come from animal farming. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, we talk about airplanes and cars and all that. And actually, in the end, it's, 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 it's the, you meat. Know, the cattle and the, it's, it's, yeah, it's completely flabbergasting. Yeah. It is, it is crazy. And, and the thing is, the meat is really, it's something so easy to change. You know, if you have a, I, I can imagine if you, if you have a car and it runs on fuel, then, okay, you maybe don't have the, whatever, 40,000 francs to buy the next Tesla or, you know, a more sustainable option where you could go with the public transportation. But uh, with meat, you can just reduce the consumption of meat. You can just eat that meat and it's, yeah. It would be so easy. I mean, that, that's yeah. That's 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 our objective as well. We're not telling people to become vegans or to stop eating meat. You know, we're our biggest uh, group of consumers are flexitarians. Yeah. So people who want to reduce their meat consumption, but they don't want to change their lifestyle necessarily. Yeah. Um, so though that's that's really our our target group and already 58% of Europeans consider themselves flexitarians so are conscious about reducing their meat intake yeah yeah I can see that I mean I, I, I would count myself in, in that group probably yes yeah yeah and and I mean I was in it without knowing I was yeah you know even before joining up here I think that's the that's the way to go. Reduce reduce meat and uh, uh, yeah, Alver. I, as I said, I purchased your product. I'm really looking forward to to getting it this week and uh, and then trying it out and some of the food I cook. Ah oh, well, thank you for for ordering. And uh, yeah, the the chlorella also when you do cook with it, it. Um, it is. It can work as an emulsifier, so it it has um, it, it has a thickening yeah. uh, agent naturally because of the uh, the protein. Yeah. So when you put it into a soup or a sauce, it does thicken things oh, up as well. Nice. And that's why it's also great if for vegans who want to replace eggs, for example. Yeah. It's a great way of uh, of having a thickening agent as well. So, uh, and then really, I suggest you just start with half a teaspoon. It does say it on the package. Yeah. Start with half a teaspoon a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much better to start with a smaller amount and bring the amount up because of the fact that it does eliminate heavy metals and pesticides. And they cannot come out through the skin, so they have to go through your gut mm-hmm. and therefore... You know, oh, yeah. start slowly, <laughs> let your body purify itself slowly. Yeah, okay. 
and not all in one go, maybe. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very important point for anyone who orders. Thank you so much, Mavit, for, for taking the time and, uh, and sharing a little piece of your startup story. It was very interesting and definitely a product I will, I will enjoy using. Well, thank you very, very much. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Startup Stories. Make sure to check out the show notes with additional links at nerdentrepreneurs.com. And if you like our podcast, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. Cheers.